We're going into our discourse straight up, um, biblical strategies for thriving in a dark world. Today being the third part in our discourse, biblical strategies for thriving in a dark world. Biblical strategies for thriving in a dark world. In Isaiah 60 verse 1 to 3, the Bible says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. It says, For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall arise upon you, and his glory shall be seen upon you. It says, And the Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. So the Bible is saying to us here, that even though the world is going through a dark season, a dark period, you will experience light. And it's telling us that it is not just going to be a light, right? It will get to a point that your light will become so bright that kings will have to come to it. And my prayer is that this morning, that will be someone's experience in the name of Jesus. In Isaiah 43 and 45 and verse 3, it says, I will give you the treasures of darkness. The treasures of darkness... And hidden riches of secret places. The treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places. It says that you may know that hide the Lord which called you by name. I'm the God of Israel. What that simply means is that even in the dark, the dark is a place, you know, when people don't know what next to do, when they are confused, when uh, uh, people are not sure, you know, the next step to take. And the world in which you and I are in today is going through a dark season, going through a dark period. But God is making us to understand that in the midst of that darkness, there are treasures, right? The environment may be dark. Your, it might seem as if your industry, you know, is going through a dark season. That is, nobody even knows what to do in that industry. Nobody knows exactly the step to take. Maybe as a result of the events of the last, you know, um, two years, you know, the global uh, um, restructuring as it were. You are not even sure what to do. But God is saying, in the midst of that darkness, there are treasures. There are treasures. It says, and there are hidden riches in secret places. You know, I want someone to understand this morning that you can prosper in the dark. No matter how bad things are, no, bad, no matter how, you know, uh, 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 how things go towards the you know, downward direction, I want you to know that what others are experiencing doesn't have to be your own experience. You can be an upward person in a downward world. Things may be nose diving around you, but the covenant that you and I we have as children of God is that in the midst of darkness, we can still thrive. And we've seen that in the life of Daniel, in the life of people like Joseph, right? People who were, as it were, in a dark environment, in a godless environment. Yes, they rose to the top, right, of their field, of their sector, in that particular environment. And you see, just like I've told us in the last couple of weeks, God's goal and intention is not, as it were, to uh, uh, take you out of certain systems. Some people, they will have to do that, but most times, God's intention and strategy is to position you in the midst of darkness that the light of his glorious gospel might shine the bible made us to understand that a time came in the journey of you know daniel that even the king 
right, who saw himself as a god, had to bow before Daniel, right, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who, which were also guys from Daniel's friends that thrived in a godless environment. The Bible says that God will point, and the king said, Nebuchadnezzar, he said that nobody should worship any other god except the god of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Why? Because God put them in that system and they caused the light of God's glorious gospel to shine in that space. So we need to keep ourselves reminded of that. We need to keep ourselves reminded of that. So many things have been said in the last you know, couple of weeks which I don't want to go over to get the message and listen to it. But we said number one thing you need to do if you're going to thrive in a dark world is you must have an accurate understanding of life and marketplace dynamics. Have an accurate understanding of life and marketplace dynamics. Please, friends, never forget that the world is a trade center. Never forget that. That's why one of the parables of Jesus, the parables of the talent, is not really the parable of gifting. Like many of us were erroneously taught growing up. You know, the talent there is not you can dance, you can sing, you can administrate. The talent there was money. It was currency, right? Currency, right? So the parable was about the, uh, the ability, the trading capacity, right, of these stewards, of these stewards and every one of us we have different trading capacity and let me tell you this your trading capacity is not something you are born with it's something you develop it's something you develop and anybody can develop their trading capacity and that's why you see that one of the things the devil told jesus in matthew chapter 4 when he was tempting him the bible says he showed him the glory of this world it showed him the kingdoms and he said you know what i can give it to you it wasn't talking about buildings. It was talking about trade centers. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You see, that's why I, I think I mentioned this when the September 11, you know, happened in 2001, right? The terrorist attack. Where they went after was not the White House. It was the World Trade Center. You see, there was a documentary I was trying to watch during the course of the week. I couldn't get to sit down to watch it, you know, but I was just, you know, while, while walking. At, I, and I realized that the World Trade Center, they've actually been trying to bring it down. The terrorists from the early 90s. That was not their first attempt. In fact, it was the fourth attempt that eventually succeeded. The fourth one. The fourth one. Why? Because the world is a trade center. And as believers, we must have that understanding that I am in this world, right, to, uh, as a trader of some sort. And God is expecting profit as a career person. You see, you need to disabuse your mind that the only time God is interested and God is around you is when you are, when you are praying or reading your Bible. When you are at work, is with you. It's checking out you are doing your work. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The Bible tells us that when Joseph was in the house of Potiphar, the Bible says, and God was with him. You know, the amazing thing is we know that Joseph had a relationship with God. He had the fear of God. Because the Bible says that when Potiphar's wife right, tried to seduce him, he said, oh, I'm not going to do this and sin against God. So we know he had a relationship with God. But you know, there was never any mention of the fact that Joseph was praying. It wasn't mentioned. Probably because, of course, for you to have a relationship with God, that's a cardinal role that, you know, uh, duty of every believer. But the Bible mentions the fact that everything that was put in his hand multiplied. Everything that he was given oversight of grew in his hands. See, if God is with you, things should grow in your hands. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In spite and regardless of the environment where you find yourself, 
You see, there are a couple of reasons why as a believer, things, see, things might not grow in your hands. Number one, it might be because you are ignorant of that fact. You just think, oh, I'm saved, you know, to, to make heaven. If that is your mindset, you see, uh, you can have even the capacity to multiply what you have been entrusted with, but it might never multiply. Why? Because you just don't know. That's why Osea 4 and verse 6, the Bible says, my people are destroyed because they lack knowledge. They are destroyed simply because they lack knowledge. So you need to know these things. You need to know these things. God is interested in your work as he is interested in your prayers. As he's interested in your fasting. As he's interested in your soul winning. He's also interested in the quality of your work. Don't be so prayerful and be a mediocre in the marketplace. People should see your work and they should see God's handwriting. People should see your work and it should drive them to God. They should ask, ah, ah, what kind of spirit drove this person to create something of this sort? You know, that was what was said concerning Daniel. The Bible says that uh, uh, the king looked at him and said, you know, the, the spirit of the gods is within you. Why? Because that's the only way he could explain it. Because they had gods. He spoke about the spirit of excellence. He said there is a spirit. He said this is not a normal spirit. Well, how was the king able to come to that conclusion? Because of the quality of work of Daniel. The Bible says when they were even going to bring him down, they of the governors, they said that, you know what, the statement was, I can't remember the exact chapter, they said there is no way we can get Daniel except in his relationship with God. It simply means they have checked his work. They checked the figures. They said we can't catch him in anything because his work is not so par. There is excellence in everything he does. Everything is of quality. He said, but there is only one thing we can, <laughs> how we can get him. Ah, huh? Tell him not to pray. Tell him not to pray. So pray only to the king. He said, that one we know will get him in that place. So friends, never forget that. Understand the way the world works. Understand the way the world works. The truth is, unfortunately, many believers don't understand the way the world works. Number two, we say you need to be extraordinarily competent. I would say that to be extraordinarily competent, number one, you need to study. Study, study. Number two, we said practice. Practice, 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 practice. You can never be the best at something you are not giving yourself to. Something you are not practicing. Many people have an idea. You see, having an idea and being the best are not the same thing. Am I making sense this morning? It's not just enough to have an idea. You know, ideas, like somebody said many years ago in the book I read, Talent is not enough by John C. Maxwell. Is that talent is cheaper than table salt? Everybody is talented. It's not about talent. It's what you do with your talent. It's what you do with your talent. So you need to practice. 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 I remember hearing the story of a particular motivational speaker, a guy who could speak. You know, two guys, you know, were starting out in their motivational career journey. And one of them said, you know what? I'm going to get only the gigs that pays the best you know, the ones that recognize my expertise. And the other one said, you know what? Any opportunity to speak, I'll take it. Years down the line, the one that took every opportunity became better than the one that was selective. Let me tell you this. When you are starting out in life, you have no business being selective. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I see this generation of young people trying to... You have not started. You have not gone far. You have not gone anywhere. You are saying, so, no, I can't do this. I can't... You should do everything. Study your Bible. <laughs> people who rose were never selective. You see, 
selective begins when you have not become busy that you can't do everything. That's when you now become selective. I've preached in places where there were only three people. Four people. In rooms. <laughs> where there was even no light. Now, it's not that I'm too big to do that now. It's because time may not allow me to do that. But starting out, you see, any opportunity to teach God's word anywhere, I will do that. I will do that. Secondary school, <laughs> the only place I ever spoke was primary school. <laughs> Praise God. Because I thought I might be speaking too much over their head. <laughs> you know, campuses everywhere. I would go everywhere. <laughs> you know, look at the average person. No, no, I can't do that. You know, say, no, th- 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 I can't take those kind of clients. You know, I'm going after the big clients. You have not served the small clients first. Well, you are going for the big clients. Practice, practice, practice. Number three, be consistent. To develop expertise, to be extraordinarily competent in what you're doing, you've got to be consistent. You've got to be consistent. Mm. And you see, one thing you need to understand is this consistency doesn't come easy. It's a byproduct of a quality decision made. That you know what? I'm going to stay with this thing until it works. We live in a nomadic generation. How about what I'm talking about? A nomadic generation. People are always on the move. On the move. Moving from place to place. Like the devil. To and fro. Never consistent. You see someone doing something today. Let me tell you the way life works. You see, it's not that I read it in the book, but this was the illustration the Holy Spirit gave me. He said, anytime you start something and you are giving your best to it, you are putting in your energy. He said, when you quit that thing, when you leave it, you try to do something else. He said, when you come back to that thing, you are not going to kick off where you stop. You will start again from the beginning. You know why many people will never break through into the limelight in life? Because when they should keep channeling their energy on a specific thing, they have, you know, channeled their energy so many nonsense. So many things. And so the energy that should go in one direction is scattered in 50 different directions in the name of multiple income or multiple streams of income. Be consistent. Be consistent. Consistency simply, simply means doing something over the long haul even when it is not convenient. It's not convenient. It's not enjoyable. <laughs> but you keep at it. You keep at it. You see, distractions are side attractions whose ultimate goal is to take you off your predetermined end. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You already have something you want to achieve. But you tell you, oh, if you do this, there is a faster, a faster way to get in it. That's the side that, you see, the devil will not bring, you see, distractions don't show up as distractions. They show up as side attractions. An opportunity to get something through the easy way. Say, no, 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 you don't have to do it that way. You can also do it this way and still get the same thing. Wow, really? Hmm. So consistency is the ability to stay focused in a field for the long haul. In spite of the attractions of other field. In spite of the attractions of, of, of other field. I think it was Warren Buffett that said this many years ago. And I never forgot it. He said diversification is protection against ignorance. It makes little sense if you know what you are doing. 
I never forgot. I think I had that statement 200 level. Diversification is protection against ignorance. He said it makes little sense if you know what you are doing. See, go and look at the people who are always shouting, you know, just do too many things. Let me tell you, they are not the top people in life. Go and check it. They are not the top people. The people peddling those ideas. You see, when Jesus came, he did only one thing. Only one thing. When Apostle Paul came, he did only one thing. Check every, every, every successful person in biblical times, in recent times. They are known only for a specific thing. But you know, there is something that just deceives this generation of people. Our own generation. Something just deceives us, making us to believe we are special. <laughs> that no, he doesn't know. We, 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 have, we have discovered a new way. <laughs> To do things. That's why God said to the children of Israel. He said find the old path. He said and stay with it. Find the old path and stay with it. He said but the people say we will not. We don't want old path. We want technology. You know advancements. You know. We are progressive thinkers. <laughs> so that's the new thing now. So you are progressive in your thinking. Progressive. You are progressive but you are retrogressing. Don't be deceived. You hear names like John Maxwell. What do you know John Maxwell with? Leadership. Leadership. You hear names like Brand Tracy. He sells everything that has to do with business. You hear names like Jimmy Evans. Some of us don't know these names. Go and research. Write it down and find out who they are. If you don't know their name, if you don't know people like John Maxwell, Brand Tracy is a bigger problem. Because I've not even mentioned the names of people that are not so... I've not mentioned people like Simon Sinek. I've not mentioned those... John Maxwell. Everybody, in fact, the Igbo booksellers, all of them, they know him. But you don't. You should. You look at someone like Pastor Bimbo. How many of us knew her when she was alive? That woman, when you listen to her, is almost as if she's still alive. Why? She stayed with one thing. Single and married. As it's where she started that singles and married ministry in Nigeria. Maybe others maybe have been doing it before her, but she was the one that owned it as it were. I respect see before I follow people and before I spend my time listening to people, one of the things I want to find out is for how long because everybody has ideas. For how long have you been saying it and for how long have you been doing it? You know, this year, um, the winner's family and bishop, they celebrated 40 years in ministry. Do you know what it means to be 40 years? Many of us here are not even up to 40 years. Do you know what it means to do something for 40 years? And your message did not change over the years. But some people, if you listen to their message five years ago and what they are saying now, they are two different messages. There were people who started teaching faith. But when everybody became liberal and progressive, said, "What oh, this generation, let's give them what they want. They became grace teachers. So now I'm a preacher of grace. <laughs> so in the next 10 years, maybe there will be a preacher of progression. You don't know. Just keeps morphing like a chameleon. Changing with the environment. Look at someone like Kenneth Hagin. Kenneth Hagin only preached faith. Specifically faith as regards healing. 
from the age of 17 to the age of 83 till he died. Till the last week, the last meeting he had, every message Kenneth Egi wanted to preach was Mark 11, 23. Everything will start from Mark 11, 23. Some people would ask him, when are you going to preach about something? I said, when you get this, I'll move to the next, the next thing. From the age of 17 to 83. When people do something now for 5 years, 10 years, I said, Let's try something else. Look at someone like Kenneth Copeland. His faith, specifically as regards prosperity. Same thing for over 50 years. Be consistent. Be consistent. I look at someone like my pastor. He has been pastoring, Reverend Eboda, from the early 90s. He started ministry in secondary school. <laughs> when he was on campus, his lecturers knew him. He never, if I, I knew the people that went to campus with him. He said he never spent one weekend on campus because he would have to travel to Ibadan for service and go back. Even the professors were calling him a pastor. When he misses, when he's there, there's a test or exam during the weekend, they will organize his own for him, especially in their office when he comes back on Monday or Sunday night because he already knew him. What have you been doing? When people see you 10 years, the people you went to school with, would they be surprised at what you are doing now? Or what you'll be doing the next day? Or they'll say, oh, we are not surprised. He has always been like that. If you're going to thrive in a dark world, you cannot take consistency out of the equation. Because it's through consistency you become an expert. And you see, that expertise is what gives you the access into corridors of power. Somebody hearing what I'm saying this morning? If you're going to be an expert, if you're going to be competent, right? Next thing is you need to be disciplined. You need to be disciplined. We need, we need to be disciplined. What is discipline? It is the process of training yourself to obey certain rules or a code of behavior. The process of training yourself to obey certain rules or a code of behavior. That is what discipline is. Discipline is doing what you are supposed to do when you are supposed to be doing it, even when it is not convenient. That's discipline. Discipline is not doing something when it is all, it's, you know, there is energy to do it, there is inspiration to do it. You see, discipline is doing something when the inspiration for starting it has worn off. You know, there is inspiration when you want to start something new. I don't know if you have experienced that before. You want to start something new, the inspiration is there, the energy. Discipline is what keeps you going when there is no inspiration anymore. You think I preach here every Sunday through inspiration? <laughs> you think I prepare because of inspiration? No, it's discipline. Hmm. I know pastors who watch football on Saturday. They can do anything on Saturday. To them, Saturday is a normal day. If you come here on a Saturday, I can't pick your call. Except it has to do with Sunday service. And I'm not interested in that conversation. Except somebody is about to die. And if you die, we'll raise you back to life. It's not that important. <laughs> Praise God. The first time I had that was from Reverend George Adegwe. He said, even if the president of Nigeria comes to my house on a Saturday, he will wait till Sunday before I can see him. That's people who understand what they are doing. I said, ah, president, ah. <laughs> Destinies are more important than presidents. The president, maximum, can only spend eight years. His time there is, is, is limited. I said, ah, president, ah, let me go and see the president to, to give us contracts, pastor contracts. It's already losing direction. Praise God. So be disciplined. Discipline with your time. Discipline with your time. You want to be the best at what you're doing. You have to be disciplined with your time. You can't be doing what everybody is doing and not end up like everybody. 
What do you do with your time? From the moment you wake up to the moment you close your eyes, what are you doing with your time? Everybody is watching UEFA. I don't know if they are watching UEFA. I don't know if they are watching it right now. Watching FIFA. Watching BB Niger. You are also watching it and you want to stand out in life. How can you spend three months? I think three months is what they use for that BB Niger stuff, right? So people say that three months, one quarter of your, of your year is already gone. Watching other people's life. Are you joking? It's a different thing even if it's something that can hurt to you. It is something that kills your spirit. You see immorality on display. And you see, how, how, how do you even get to that point where your time has become so unvaluable? It has no meaning. So if you say it's an entertainment, that's not entertainment. Hmm. Discipline with your resources. Discipline also with your association. Very critical. If you're going to be the best, the next thing is you need to look for models. 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 Who are you modeling your life and career after? Let me tell you this. There is nothing as it were extremely unique about anyone. Anything God is going to do through you in the marketplace, in life, he has done something, right? <laughs> he has done that same thing through someone in a different fashion. In a different version. So there is nothing as it's where I see I see a lot of delusion saying, ah, no, what I want to do, nobody has done it before. It's a lie. Somebody has done it. That's why in the world of academia, you can never be a professor if you don't refer to some the professors behind you. You have to refer to your other people's work. You must quote people. When you are doing your project, you see, your project, the quality of your project, your paper, right? Is directly proportional to the quality and the number of people you refer to. You can't just say, no, these are my original idea. We don't need your original idea. You build on what someone else has built upon. You look at what someone like Mark Zuckerberg is doing. It's not as it were extremely unique. What the guy did was that he associated with people like Steve Jobs when he was still alive. And one of his closest relationships today is with Bill Gates. These are the people that laid the foundation for what he's doing. You can't just say, no, my own is unique. My own is unique. Really? Is it that unique? You look at people like, you know, Pastor Chris, dear great man of God. As it's where what Pastor Chris is doing is not, is an improvement on what Benny Hinn did. When you look at Benny Hinn, Benny Hinn is an improvement on what Catherine Kuhlman did. You study those three ministries, you can see a lot of similarity. But the problem is the average person wants to say, no, no, I don't need to follow anybody. What is it? No, I'm a, I have a unique destiny. I know who I am. Continue. That's why you are, we know you are, you are a struggler. That's why you are struggling. Modeling. Modeling. Why are you modeling your life and career after? You need to find out. Next thing, if you're going to be the best at what you're doing, is you need to expose yourself. Expose yourself. Don't be a local champion. Be global. Don't be a local champion. Anything you want to be the best at, you must expose yourself in that field. You must expose yourself in that field. For instance, imagine an engineer, <laughs> right? Who believes he's the best, but the only bridge he has ever seen in his life is Todd Melan Bridge. Wow. What a an expert engineer that is. The tallest building he has ever seen is UBA building. In Marina. Hmm. I had the story many years ago about, you know, someone that came to, or they took him to Kaduna. The guy had lived in, uh, um, you know, 
one of the states in Nigeria where there were no tall buildings before. So when they took him to, was it maybe Kaduna or Kano, and he saw big buildings, he said, wow, wow. <laughs> so the man that took him there was like, ah, what is wrong with this guy? So they brought the guy to Lagos and took him to Marina. The guy said, when he looked at this building, I started turning. <laughs> what happened to that guy? They take him to Burj Khalifa. It will just fade. Say, no, I'm in Evo. <laughs> it will just die. Expose yourself. Expose yourself to the best minds in your industry. Expose yourself to the best practices in your industry. Destiny can never rise beyond exposure. It can't. As tough as that sounds, it is the truth. You can't produce beyond. You see, there's a way your exposure affects your way of thinking. That's why they will tell you that traveling is the highest form of education. There are things because once you are exposed, you cannot be unexposed. If you can't travel with your feet, travel with your mind. Expose yourself to the right thing online. It's also a form of traveling. Virtual one. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't use your data for things that degrade your, 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 your mind. Next is inquiry. If you're going to be the best, inquire. <laughs> like my wife used to call me when we just got married. She doesn't call me that anymore. Be a questionnaire. Ask questions. <laughs> Praise God. I guess she's used to it by now. Ask questions. Keep asking questions. Jesus at the age of 12, the Bible says, he sat with the teachers of the law and he was asking questions. He was asking questions. You know, what I do is, after I've asked you a question, I will come back and ask you again. Because, you see, <laughs> there was a, 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 a while back, my pastor noticed, I said, Aki, you have asked me these questions before. I said, yes, sir, because your answers may have changed. Because if you asked the question five years ago, I believe he answered me as a result of what he knew then. He has discovered new things in the last five years. So wisdom says, ask again. So you ask someone a question about investment five years ago. The world of investment has changed. You can't say, I know the answer five years ago. I don't need any answer again. Really? Ask questions from the best minds in your industry. Ask questions from the best people in your field. Ask questions. Ask questions. Keep asking questions. You see, the man that asks questions may look like a fool for five minutes. The one that does not have to remain a fool forever. will stay with his foolishness. When you ask him, ah, are you that dumb? Yes, I'm that dumb. But tell me the answer. That's the end of my foolishness. For you that you are not asking, you look like you are smart until you open your mouth. That's when you will reveal your folly. We now know that really you never knew anything, but you were too proud to ask. And I come around great people, successful people. I go with a list of questions. When I want to spend time with my friends that I've not seen for a while, I don't just socialize. I don't socialize aimlessly. No, I don't have that nonsense time. No, no, no. Questions. You are my friend. <laughs> but how did you do this? I saw that you did all, you posted something. How did you ask questions? Some of us, the people that can take you to the next level in life and destiny, you have relationships with them, but you have socialized those relationships away. People know what you don't know. You keep going, you are hanging out to them, watching movies with them, going on lunch dates with them, and you are not asking questions. What a shame. Ask questions. Ask questions. Ask questions. So number three, never play marketplace games. Hmm. If you are going to thrive in a dark world, 
you must be different from the people living in that world. You are not getting out of that space, but in that space, don't be caught playing their games. Don't be caught playing their games. There's a way the Holy Spirit explained it to me yesterday. I never saw it before in that light, and I'm going to explain that to us in the short, you know, in the next few moments. But please understand this. It is not God's responsibility, as it were, to keep you, you know, from being infected by the world. It is your responsibility. It was Daniel who said, I have proposed that I will not defile myself with the king's meat. It was Daniel that said that. It wasn't God that said, no, I will protect you not to defile. No, 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 no. It's your personal decision. You make up your mind that I am in the world, but I'm not going to become of the world. My values will be different. My conduct will be different. In Genesis 39 and verse 9, Joseph said, how can I do this wickedness and sin against God? He said, I'm not going to do that. Psalms 25 and verse 3, the Bible says, for the rod of the wicked shall not rest upon the lot of the righteous, lest the righteous put forth is and into iniquity as the righteous you need to be careful that in the marketplace you are not dipping your hands into iniquity they say oh, everybody is doing it is your name everybody is your first name every and your last name body so if everybody is doing it my name is not everybody it is akitola samuel Thank you for the heads up. When I become everybody, maybe I will start doing it. But as long as my name is still Akitola Samuel, I'm not going to join you in doing this. Any opportunity that God cannot give you is an opportunity that is not your opportunity. An open door, remember, prisons also have doors. I, open door. I must take advantage of this open door, open door. You can be in prison for the rest of your life. In the sense that not necessarily physical, I know, the normal prison, right? But you get into things that make you trapped forever. Hmm. Your destiny is still very far. The journey is still very long. Don't trap yourselves with mundane, immediate, you know, things. And some people, will, if, if they tell them to do something now because of 5 million naira or 10 million naira, they say, eh! 10 million. What's 10 million? You mean your destiny is, you know, is limited to 10 million? When God is thinking of billions, not a naira in dollars for your destiny? Never play marketplace games. Because the moment you do that, you reduce yourself to their level. If Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego I say, ah, you know, even God understands. Let's just bow down. We are bowing down in our body, but our hearts, we are bowing to God. God would never have rescued them. They did, they entered into trouble. When Daniel insisted I was going to pray to God, God rescued him from the lion's den. If Daniel had said, ah, okay, they said, if it's just one month, no more. Hey, I will not pray to God for one month. He would have, you see, that season of life, of his life would have gone. But the next phase, you see, let me tell you this. The devil will always ask for more. If he had bowed at that time, the devil will not stop there. He would demand for more until he begins to shift ground, shift ground to the point where he himself will lose his salvation. Let me tell you this. Many of us will just say, hey, it's just this. I'll just do this. It's, it's, with the devil is never a one-off. The devil never does anything one-off. Never. Never. That's why, you see, the devil wants to make people mess up sexually. It will not start with you being naked. No! It will start with a peck. A good night kiss. French kiss. That's where it will start from. Hold me. Hold me. It will start with a hold. Femme hug. 
from hog, it will lead to, it will graduate. It will always ask for more. It's your flesh. The voice of the devil is the voice of, voice of the flesh. It will always ask for more. A pack will no longer be enough for you. It will not be a kiss. That's how it will graduate. To the point where you now become naked. It's always a little. A little hog. A little holding of the hands. This will a little baby. <laughs> Praise God. Never get caught up in all those things. He said, the only way Holy Spirit explained it to me yesterday is this. He said, you are an ambassador of the kingdom. He said, any time, every believer needs to have the understanding that we are ambassadors. He said, when an ambassador is in a country, he is not affected by the laws of that country. Right? He is affected by the laws. He does things according to what his own country tells him to do. He said the moment an ambassador begins to behave, for instance, a Nigerian ambassador begins to behave like an American because he's an American, a Nigerian ambassador to America, he's committing a treasonous act. That's treason. It simply means he has abandoned his own country. You see, if you do that in the military, they call it you deserted. They kill you or you go to jail. He said every day believers are committing treason in the way we talk. It's a treasonous act. You are a believer, but we can no longer recognize you as a believer. In the way we celebrate. In this age and time, you can't differentiate the party of a believer from a non-believer. It's a treasonous act. In the realm of the spirit, you are committing treason. The day you celebrate should be a day you glorify God. Many are starting their lives in matrimony. But the way they start, they have used their foundation. It's the devil that laid their foundation. They now want to build God on that foundation. You can't go to some people's wedding and believe that these are Christians married. In fact, you can't go to some weddings and believe these are pastors getting married. Or church leaders getting married. Or church workers getting married. Because the party you go to on Friday, there is no difference between their reception and a club. The only difference is the timing in which this is happening. One happened in the night. The other one is happening during the day. And now you know that there is after party too now. After party is where you can lose your salvation. It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. You come to church on Sunday morning and pick it up again. You, know, you can't keep doing those things and expect the God. You see, you can't, you see, that's why it's not that God hated Adam and Eve. That's why he sent them out of the Garden of Eden. No, it was because they had committed treason. So if you have committed treason, you can no longer be entrusted with what we give to those who don't commit treason. No, you can't. So the reason why many of us have not entered into God's best for our life is because God can no longer trust you because you have become one with the people he has sent you to. You are supposed to be a light to them, but you have become one with them. When there is a casting down, instead of saying there is a lifting up, you too, you are saying there is a casting down because that is what everybody says. When challenges arise, instead of going to God, you go to where everybody's going to. It's a treasonous act. There's a particular king in the Bible. The Bible says the king was sick, almost unto death. And this king began to send for many physicians, astrologers, magicians. And when none of them could help him, he now said, you know what? Go to that prophet and ask, will I be healed? <laughs> And when he sent his messengers to that particular prophet, the prophet said, is it that there is no balm in Gilead? 
He said, unfortunately, God would have healed him, but he made God the last resort. He said, as you step into that city, he's going to die. Many of us, is when we have tried other things, it doesn't work. We now remember God. <laughs> because it was, it was not your priority in the first place. This morning, I want us to talk to God. I want us to bow down our heads. And ask him for grace. Grace to remain untainted in this dark world. The grace to stay committed to kingdom values and principles. The grace to stay separate in this dark world. Receive that grace this morning. Talk to him. If you desire that grace, if he asks for it, he will give it to you. The Bible says there is no one that comes to him that he will cast away. Ask him for that grace. Ask him for that grace. The grace to stay committed to kingdom values, kingdom principles, to do things God's way.